Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi and welcome back to India on 99.94. I'm Nikesh Raghani, your host, commentator for the BBC and SEN and my co-host alongside me, Sara Waris of Wisden. Every week we've got you covered, uh, whether it be talking about uh, Julian Goswami or KL Rahul's strike rate, whatever it might be. If you love Indian cricket, do join us here every week on India on 99.94. And uh, Sarah, the action just keeps coming thick and fast, doesn't it? <laughs> These days uh, with the Indian men's team, uh, we're about to embark on an ODI series against South Africa. They've just finished a T20 international series uh, as well. Another one before the T20 World Cup. Another victory, it has to be said. Another series victory. First over South Africa at home in T20Is. First white ball series win against South Africa at home since 2010. So, you know, it's it's all good on paper, isn't it? But the final game and yes, India didn't go in with a full strength batting lineup. Uh, they went in with a hell of a lot of bowlers, though, didn't they? <laughs> and um, it didn't quite go to plan, despite all those bowling options. South Africa, 227 for three. And, and the same, same old problems once again. I mean, firstly, just before we talk about the bowling woes, another series victory, as I say. What what have we learnt from this South Africa series that we didn't know already? Just Surya Kumar Yadav is here to stay. Why wasn't he picked earlier? And Dinesh Karthik, with all his, you know, debates over his selection, it's not the worst move and he can be the X factor for India in the World Cup going ahead. So I think these two are the biggest positives, obviously Kohli's form. Um, but these are not something that we didn't know already. We always knew that once Kohli gets back to form, he'll be, you know, crucial for uh, India in the World Cup. And Surya Kumar Yadav, Dinesh Karthik, we, we know what he can do. Uh, the bowling has more issues and yeah, that's that's also something we knew. But yeah, the, it, it's been increased after the home series and it's just scary, you know, just yeah. Yeah, so we'll discuss the series as a whole in a bit more detail. We'll look at the bowling. We'll also look at the batting and, and how that has shaped up ahead of the T20 World Cup as well. And and while we're on that now, let's just kick off with the batting once again. So yesterday, no KL Rahul, no Virat Kohli. So very different lineup. Rishabh Bunt opening the batting, which I've mentioned before that I'm a fan of. Um, but I suppose given the, the other players at their disposal, it's, it's not likely to happen anytime soon on a regular basis. Um, he did okay didn't he? 27 from 14, did did all right. I mean, it's difficult when you lose a couple of early wickets like that and he's out there and what role does he play? Does he just carry on going for it? And he, he kind of did to an extent. Um, but again, he was gone quite early and there were 40-odd for three and 
you know, those old problems uh, which we, we talked about before the last six months or so with the top order failing and then what happens? Is there anything else left? Uh, DK came in, up the order, did a decent job. But despite yesterday and, and the batting lineup that was on show yesterday, I mean, the batting as a whole is shaping up very, very nicely indeed ahead of the T20 World Cup. And that, I think, is is their only chance of having any success if they just bat other teams out of games. And, you know, like we said previously, bat first, get 230-odd. And, you know, it's it's a lot easier for your bowlers than to be able to defend that. Although, given this bowling attack, you never know. But it's, it's shaping up well, isn't it, the batting? I suppose the one concern that I've got it might be controversial, but Rohit Sharma's form, he's got some runs. His strike rate hasn't been great in, in a couple of the recent games. Yesterday, didn't didn't trouble the scorers at all. Is his form a concern for you going into the World Cup? I personally don't think so. Uh, yeah, his strike rate is not the best also of late. He's not been amongst uh, big runs recently. Uh, but then, you know, that's an approach that he has adopted. He has tried to... Uh, bat more aggressively even if the runs aren't coming. So he doesn't have a lot of 50s since the T20 World Cup last year. But, you know, at least he's setting the tempo up. He's he's failed recently. Um, but overall, you know, uh, you can say that he's been uh, setting the uh, template and batting aggressively. So, and he has a lot of experience. And so I don't really think that uh, his form is a concern because he scored a 50 very uh, recently against Australia, I think, in the he, T20s. He played well in that series, yeah. yeah. The the Australia series he played yeah. well in. He's kind of gone off the ball a little bit in, in the last yep. couple of South Africa games. But yeah, I, I see what you mean. I mean, look, the, the, the lineup, we were... You know, just a few months ago, just a couple of months ago, really, we were questioning uh, Kale Rahul's place in the side, even Virat Kohli's place in in the T20 setup just before the Asia Cup, weren't we? And those concerns have been kind of put to one side with the way they've come out and, and shown us how they can play and, and the form they're in at the moment as well. So, look, the, the top four is probably as good as, as any top four in world cricket, isn't it? You got That's Rohit, hard. They Kaya. can Dinesh Karthik also there, so you can potentially as well. Say yeah, top so five. you could even say the yeah. top five, six, couldn't you? Uh, but certainly the top four. I mean, top five and six. You you could look at some other countries. I mean, Australia got a lot of power in the middle order. You look at the West Indies, and you know they they can always. It depends which West Indies side turns up. Um, you look at England and Harry Brooks' emergence coming in at number five in that Pakistan series. So there there are other sort of sides who who can compete in that middle order. But in the top order, those top four, and you wouldn't have thought it, would you, a few months ago, a year ago, two years, you know, it's been a long time since we've been saying, why are they going in with this sort of ODI mentality with their top three? And is it the right top three? Should we get all these IPL guys who've done so well, the Gaikwads and, and the Badigals and all these guys over the last couple of years who batted well up the top of the order, bat a little bit differently, and, and can give you something, you know, more explosive. But Royit Sharma, Kale Rahul, Virat Kohli and Surakumar Yadav, the form they're in at the moment, the way they're batting, the aura around them now as well, the hype, it, it's all there. That does send fear into bowling yeah. attacks around the world, doesn't it? Yeah, and, you know, uh, you spoke about uh, having uh, an ODI template, the top three, uh, Rohit, KL and Kohli, like, 
so often they were criticized for having an ODI team in the T20Is. I think they need to be uh, lauded also for the fact that, you know, um, the Dravid and Rohit Sharma after the World Cup failure last year, they came in with... Um, uh, you know, with a plan that we will bat aggressively. This is something which Rahul Ravid in his, uh, there was an interview of his yesterday. So he said that, we you know, we, uh, we took on this major thing that this is a change we want. We will bat more aggressively. And uh, Rohit and KL, KL, we know that he can bat um, uh, aggressively before, but off late is just become uh, become terrible uh, now it's changed but yeah you know so you know for the top three to uh, to take on that approach and bat more aggressively and do what the team needs is not an easy task especially for someone like uh, Kohli and Rohit Sharma who've been around for such a long time and you know they have that set template uh, but to change that so late into their careers I think that needs to be lauded also and I don't think you should just see the runs that they're getting, but you know, the overall, the fact that they're batting more aggressively and they've taken on that responsibility. I think credit goes to them also for, you know, just changing around the batting fortunes of India in T20Is. Yeah, indeed. And uh, look, DK coming at the top of the order as well, showing... I think not only that he can bat at the top of the order, we know he can. He's he's batted everywhere for India since he made his debut in, in 04. Uh, so it's been a very long uh, international career that he's had. Obviously spent time out of the side. He's back in now as this specialist finisher. But, you know, if needed, he can come in earlier. And, and I think that is a key point as well, because we've seen in previous matches, haven't we, where a wicket falls in, say, the, the 14th, 15th over. And everybody's crying for DK to come in. You know, it's it's probably the fourth wicket or something. And they're, they're reluctant to send him in, in that sort of number six position, if there's more than four overs left in the innings. But, you know, he's a better player than that. He, I mean, it might even suit him to come in a little bit earlier so he can be watchful for three or four deliveries or whatever, or maybe an over and, and then kick on and just give himself that extra bit of time and that platform to then really take, the bowling apart like he enjoys doing in those last two or three overs. So again, I think that that's important that he got time at the crease. He came in up the order. He showed that, look, if early wickets fall, you can send me in. I can still do that other job. I can still bat. I mean, he batted aggressively still and he had to because of the target that was on the board. But regardless of that, he can come in in crisis situations as well if needed. So you don't then have to mess around with your batting order and send in people like Akshar Patel ahead of him, which doesn't make any sense to me, especially in that Australia series. There was an incident where that happened and Akshar just wasted two or three deliveries, really, and it was just, there was no point in doing that. It's Akshar is more use coming in probably in the last couple of overs than DK uh, in that situation, just the style of batters they are. Um, so it, it gives India another option, doesn't it? With DK yeah. just just showing them once again that actually remember you know I've been playing this game for eighteen years at international level I I know what I'm doing in most situations right yeah uh, that you know just forces me to think do you think India should strengthen their batting order uh, and having an extra batter at number seven uh, 
and just go in with five specialist bowlers or you know have an extra bowler in the team and possibly reduce their batting depth because you know the batting is doing well and you need to um pile on the 11 with bowlers so you know what approach should india take do you think the best chance is to have an extra batter and score 200 Look to score two hundred to ten runs in every game, and then you, know, you have need, the bowlers. That's a fair point, but yeah, do you need or... the number seven to contribute if you if you're to be scoring over two hundred? Because every time India have kind of done that of late, it's been the top four or five, hasn't it? And you know, at a push down to number six. I know. Look, I know what you're saying. In chases like yesterday, it was, you know. It, it could have done with a few extra batters because they lost early wickets, and you've got you know I mean you got Aksha Patel coming in at number six, Harsha Patel number seven. It was it was an experimental side. They were resting a couple of players. We know why they did it. Um, so yeah, it would have you know might have made the game a little bit closer in that final T20 versus South Africa. But whether or not that's that's the way to go, the only problem that India have got, you see, is that if you go in. With that combination, like you're suggesting, play the extra batter and go in with just the five bowlers, and and that would include Hardik Pandya in that case. Which then you're asking him every match he has to bowl four overs because there's nobody else in that top order who can bowl or, or who does bowl anymore. They can bowl. Rohit can bowl. Virat can bowl. They don't practice well. Virat's been practicing his bowling actually recently in the nets, which might be a sign. Um, but I think that's getting pretty desperate if you're asking him to to come in and bowl. But you, it's it's not like the old days of in the Indian ODI men's team where you had Sehwag could bowl a few solid overs, Tendulkar could bowl some solid overs, Ganguly could bowl. So you know they're they're decent enough, but they're they're not proper all rounders as such. But they're more than useful with the ball. It's kind of like Joe Root, I suppose, a modern day equivalent who. For England, is not an all rounder, but he can do a very good job when he needs to come in and bowl. But India don't have anybody like that in their top order in this T Twenty side. So that that's the issue, I think, and it puts so much pressure on somebody like Hardik. And we've seen that although he's bowling and he's been bowling quite well in the last year or so, he can still often get smacked around, and and that's just the nature of the style of bowling that he. He comes in with, and and he's all pace and aggression, and and sometimes those short deliveries go flying either off the edge or or down towards deep mid wicket for six. You know, he it's a risk the way he bowls, and and you can't rely on him. I don't think to bowl you those four overs in every single match. So yeah, maybe on occasion they can do that against maybe weaker sides and things, but you come up against the Australias and the New Zealands and the Englands and you know the stronger sides in the competition. And I think you need that extra bowling option, to be honest, and and that's where I think Akshar Patel will will come in, and you know he'll probably have to bat seven. He'll probably yeah, have about, to bat seven. Yeah, about that, you know, Akshar Patel. The reason also I asked that question was because Akshar Patel yesterday just bowled one over, which was baffling. You know, uh, he came into bowl. I think the fourteenth over. That's the only over that he bowled uh, in the. press conference later uh rahul ravid said that you should have a look at uh, the matchups and how uh, akshar patel fares against left handed batters which is a fair point 
he has an economy rate of around six against right-handers and nine against left-handers. So it is a fair point, but you know, sud- this sudden obsession with the uh, of the Indian team with bowling, uh, uh, picking Ashwin only against a team which has left-handers and not bowling Akshar to left-handers is a little bizarre to me because, you know, uh, Akshar, okay, uh, we've seen what he's done in the past and, okay, you're not bringing him on because there are left-handers batting, but then the others are going for plenty of runs also. Uh, uh, Harsha, Lumesh, whoever bowled, they went for plenty of runs. It's not that, you know, they are um, going at five or six runs and over and potentially getting in Akshar and he gives away 20 runs and the momentum is broken. So, you know, Akshar wouldn't have done something which the others already, uh, you know, weren't doing. They were giving plenty of runs. So, you know, why not take that risk and bowl Akshar? What if he had uh, succeeded? And, you know, just this whole thing about you can't get a left-hander against a left-hander is just really bizarre to me. And, yeah, that that's the reason I asked you that question because technically yesterday he played as a specialist batter. So you know yeah. if if you want that, then why not have an extra batter in your team? Which yeah, it's yeah. I mean, you look. Yesterday me. was it was an experimental side, and and we they're obviously trying things, weren't they? And you'd hope they wouldn't make those kind of mistakes in a, in a tournament. It was very much just just see what the other guys can do, kind of thing, and. You know, give Akshar a chance to bat and see if he can score some runs. You know, just he, he won't be batting at number six in the tournament, but he might come in at seven. Uh, so it was just, a, I suppose, a chance to see what he could do with the bat and let him concentrate on that. Perhaps um, look, we'll, we'll focus on the bowling more in just a second. We'll take a short break now, and we'll be back on the other side. You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on ninety nine point nine four. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube, or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies, and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. So yeah, Akshar playing as a, pretty much a specialist batter in in that final T20 against South Africa. I mean, look, you you mentioned there about the the matchups, and yeah, I think it's rubbish as well because you you look at somebody like a, a Mutaya Murlithrin during his career, he prefer he's off spinner, right? So you'd say like Ashwin should love bowling to left handers. Actually, his record was a lot better against right handers, and he has always come out and said. I just preferred bowling as right-handers because that's mostly what I grew up on and that's how I honed my skills. And, you know, Shane Warne, I mean, you look at some of those wickets that he took against the left-handers like Andrew Strauss in that 05 Ashes series, you know, those vicious, you know, you could find the rough outside the leg, uh, outside the off stump of the left-hander and and really get it to rip and cause them all sorts of issues. So I, I don't understand. If you're the... If you're one of the best bowlers in the world, like Ashwin is and, and has been for some time, you, you should be able to do it against anyone. It, it doesn't matter if it's a right-hander, left-hander. Yeah, okay, occasionally you will get, you know, those those days where, look, the right-handers are finding it a little bit easier and, 
you know, it's it's doing a little bit more when he's coming round the wicket and bowling to the lefties and turning it away. And we understand that he might be more useful against left-handers, but to only then play him against sides with loads of left-handers in and just completely disregard him when there's quite a few right-handers around in the opposition, it, it's almost disrespectful to him that he hasn't got the skills to be able to get right-handers yeah. out. I mean, he's got variations. He's got the Karen ball. He's got, you know, the, the top spinner and whatever. So he... He is more than capable of bowling to right-handers, and um, yeah, I, it's it's just a weird obsession. But that aside, yeah, uh, go on. And that will, you know, just uh, the eleven won't be fixed, so to say. You know, there won't be momentum in the side. Yeah. You know, the, there's a saying that if there's a winning team, you don't change the winning team. So what if Ashwin is playing, and the next match there's a team which doesn't have a left-hander? Does Chahal come in? But Chahal, you know, he doesn't have the defensive bowling skills. He gets expensive on his day. And then the next match, does Ashwin come in again? Or if, you know, a left-hander is batting, then Akshar doesn't bowl. So, you know, it's just uh, the whole bowling attack will kind of be keeping on revolving and rotating. And yeah, you know, going into a World Cup, you need some sort of continuity also which somehow to me seems a little baffling yeah it does i mean the the, the spinning conundrum is is an interesting one but the fast bowling is is the concern isn't it because look yesterday yeah. actually only bowled the one over yeah he went for 13 but you know came in quite late they'd already got some momentum by then south africa and you know he like the others, didn't fare very well, but it was just the one over, so we can't judge him too much on that. He has been bowling well of late on the whole. Ashwin, the only one to go uh, for single figures in his economy rate, going at just less than nine runs and over, which in the context of things wasn't a bad effort at all. But then you've got Deepak Jaher, four overs, one for 48. Siraj, none for 44. Uh, Umesh Yadav, three overs, one for 34. Harsha Patel, four overs, none for 49. I mean, it's, it's just terrible, isn't it? I mean, they, all right, there's no Boovy. So that, that might have made a difference early on. Um, but Deepak Jaher is like, this is what I was going back to a couple of games ago. He's bowling at, you know, six runs and over yeah. off his spell. And we're all saying, oh, Deepak Jaher is the answer to to our problems and whatever. And I said, didn't I, that they're just not consistent. So can he do it for two or three matches in a row? The answer is no, from what we've seen of late anyway. And and going into a World Cup with such little time to go until that World Cup, it's a massive concern. And yeah, he's not probably going to be one of your frontline players in that. He's, he'll probably be a reserve. But it's just the, the lack of options is baffling at the moment. We We've talked about India's fast bowling stocks, haven't we? But when we look yeah. at white ball I'm, cricket, it doesn't yeah. look as impressive. I mean, in test cricket, fine. You've got Bumrah mm. when he's fit. And, and Bumrah in this side would make a massive difference. We'll come on to that in a moment. Um, but aside from Bumrah, in, in test cricket, you've got Umesh Yadav, you've got Ishant even of late. Uh, you've got, you know, Siraj, you've got Mohammed Shami, of course. Um, you know, Shadal Thakur can come in and Shadal, do a really good job yeah. in test cricket as well. Those same bowlers, Bumrah aside, put them in with a white ball and none of them, I mean, Ishan doesn't even play these days in international cricket anyway, white ball. Um, Shami doesn't look impressive. Shadal Thakur, 
you know, sometimes on his day can be useful. Uh, Siraj, expensive. You know, the, there's there's a real lack of options. Umesh Yadav, you know, he's a completely different animal in, in white ball cricket to what he is in test cricket. So it's it's worrying, very worrying. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just the... I was just looking up one stat and it's... I came across that Bumrah has the best economy rate at the death uh, amongst all Indian bowlers who have bowled minimum of 300 deliveries, which is 7.36. And the next best on the list is Bhuvneshwar Kumar, who has an economy rate of 9.65 in the death overs, which, you know, just such a huge contrast. And, and I think, you know, the Indian team, they themselves don't know who is going to be the replacement because the options are... There is no clear candidate. Yesterday, Rohit Sharma, uh, they asked him who potentially can replace Bumrah. And what Rohit Sharma said was, we are taking four or five bowlers with us to Australia. Uh, I think Umran Malik is also travelling to Australia. Siraj is going, Deepak Chair, obviously. And uh, the other option, I think Shami, Shami, yeah. Yeah. Then. They might as well just take the whole MRF Pace Academy and see see who does well in the nets out there. <laughs> and yeah, so they said that they are playing a few practice games against Western Australia and they have the ICC games also uh, before the World Cup. And then they will decide based on, you know, who impresses them the most and all that. So the fact that the camp, they themselves don't know who is the clear candidate or, you know, that one player who can replace uh, Bumrah just shows the sorry state of affairs. And, you know, we spoke about this earlier also. Shami wasn't in the T20I plans, apparently. He had been told he won't be picked further. But to go back to him again shows how desperate they are for, you know, just some experience or some sort of... uh, player who can bowl decently. So. Yeah. Look we'll we'll yeah. look at those options in just a second as well as as to who can replace Bumrah and, and how India can fill that giant Bumrah shaped hole in their side. In just a moment we'll take another break and we'll see you in a moment. If you love the language of cricket and want more then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 9994DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. So yeah, India taking uh, a whole host of, of reserves then to Australia ahead of that World Cup. So, I mean, look, that it... From what they say as well, from what Rahul Dravid has said and from what Roy Sharma has said, it is going to be Shami. I mean, just in case people are wondering, well, why didn't Shami play in the South Africa series then? Well, he's still recovering from COVID. So that's the, that's another issue as well. Is he, you know, whether you test negative or not, the fact is COVID is an illness and sometimes people recover in different ways and and it can take a lot longer for some people to recover if you if you've had quite a harsh bout of covid you know it's it's like a big solid flu and worse in some cases as well so we don't know the extent i mean you know we'll we'll never know the extent of many things with the bcci's communication 
these days. Um, so we don't know how bad his COVID was and how long he's going to take to recover and if if he's you know going to be in a, in a physical state even to to make the India squad ahead of that World Cup. So that's another concern that they've got. But it looks very much from what they are saying. They want Shami in the side and, and he is their preferred option if possible. Isn't that right? Yeah, because yeah, uh, yesterday uh, Rohit did hint at, you know, we want someone with experience and who has bowled in Australia before. So that immediately puts Imra, Umran Malik out of the question. And I think then Siraj, yeah, he has, but he doesn't have the experience, experience, you know, just one series there. I think it's going to be Shami and, you know, that that's the whole reason they called him up also and they uh, added him as a standby in the World Cup squad. So, having COVID at the last minute just threw out their plans, but I somehow think it's going to be Shami. I don't agree with it, but then there are no other options. So. Yeah, it looks as though it is going to be yeah. Shami. I mean, look, is this... Uh, just before I, I talk about Bumrah and, and the future uh, with him and his injury... Um, I put out a tweet uh, a couple of days ago, um, just sort of, look, it's, it's, the stats have been doing the rounds for a few days. I just put it out there once again when he was officially ruled out of the T20 World Cup that since 2019 in IPL matches, he's played 59 out of the 60 available matches. And in that same time, India at that point had played 71 T20Is, 72 now with this final one. Um, and he's played 16 of them. I'm not suggesting that Bumrah is favouring IPL over country. Nothing of the sort. And and I know he's played a lot of test cricket in that time as well. I'm not stupid. I do watch test cricket. I get paid to go and commentate on it. So I do see Jasper Bumrah bowling over after over. And, and I love his attitude. There's nothing wrong with his attitude. But this is a question for the BCCI who pay him on a central contract. And yes, they also run the IPL which is the problem, I think. Um, and they make a lot of money out of the IPL and they want all their big stars playing in the IPL, of course. But then when you compare it to the other big two nations in world cricket, Australia and England, they routinely pull out their players out of the big tournaments, even their own big domestic tournaments like the Big Bash or the 100, or as it previously was in England, the T20 Blast was the flagship, but now it's the 100. So, and, and even, I mean, they pull them out of both in England sometimes. They can't play the blast and they can't play the hundred, even though they take t- uh, place at different times of the summer as well. They'll just pull out their senior players. I mean, Ben Stokes took a decision himself, actually, to pull out of the hundred this year because it was just too much cricket and the T20 World Cup was coming up and he's not even gone to Pakistan for to, to play the T20 International. So I know it can have a bit of a knock-on effect into internationals. And that's what's happened with Bumrah, hasn't it? He's, they've seen these bilateral, perhaps meaningless T20 series against certain nations in the last year or so, or a couple of years. And they've said, look, there's no point in risking him in like a three-match series against Bangladesh or whoever it might be. I'm just giving an example. Let's, let's keep him fit. And I understand that. That's fine. He, he might only, you know, be able to play, you know, 25, 30% of India's T20 internationals because of workload as well. But then why are you putting him through the grinder in the IPL and making him available for, he was available for all 60 matches, but I think he got injured for one match uh, for the Mumbai Indians in that period. And that's why he couldn't play. It was 
He was arrested. Oh, was he arrested? Okay. Because they had so, qualified. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. They had qualified, hadn't they? So yeah. that they then found the opportunity to rest him, but that was so he was fresh then for for the playoffs uh, and the final. Um, so he was available for all sixty matches. I'm not saying that injuries are, are pre-planned or anything like that. Yeah, they're random. They they happen. But you look at somebody like Bumrah. He's a fast bowler first and foremost. So you've got to look after these guys. India have not produced many quality fast bowlers in their history. And in recent times, they have been doing. And they have been trying to look after them to an extent. But when it comes to playing in the IPL, the BCCI almost just bows down to all the franchises. They're, they pay these players their central contracts. Their central contracts come above anything else. They come above the IPL. Con- that is their bread and butter and the BCCI effectively owns them as a, as a yeah. commodity. Oh. Don't they? They, they own these players. They can tell yeah. them when and where to play and, and how much they should be resting as well. And I don't understand how your fast bowlers, and this is not just Bumrah. You look at other fast bowlers who play all formats. I mean, you could argue Mohamed Shami has played all formats in the last three or four years as well. So why is he playing so much IPL? You know, all, all these guys, especially when they're getting into their late 20s and early 30s and they know their game, they don't need to play 60 IPL matches to hone their skills and all this rubbish, like some fans have been sort of tweeting me and stuff. It, they know their game. They just, they need rest, recuperation. They need to look after their bodies first and foremost so they can be at their best for India. And that, I think, is a big concern, the fact that the BCCI isn't, year round looking after their players and that includes IPL as well yeah well, i had one uh, i had also tweeted something like this very similarly and i got a, ba- a lot of backlash but it was regarding rohit sharma i think it was a 2020 ipl where he had where he missed a few games because of a hamstring injury uh, but he played the playoffs so, uh, yeah yeah he played the playoffs the semis the finals also and after that, he uh, the hamstring injury was aggravated and he missed the uh, series in Australia. So yeah. he got fit in time for the last two test matches, you know, and India then made that But there was back. the but quarantine then, yeah. and all that stuff at that yeah, time as well, yeah. wasn't there? So, yeah, so, you know, I had put out the tweet back then and obviously I got a lot of backlash where I was so-called questioning his commitment, etc., etc., but yeah, he was injured and everyone knew he was injured because he said that he had an hamstring injury. That That's why he's sitting out of a few games. So yeah, why didn't the BCCI step in on also Varun Chakrabarti last year before the T20 World Cup? He had a knee injury or in something with the knee. Obviously, we didn't know what it was, but some knee issue before the World Cup. But he still continued playing for KKR. And, you know, he was selected in the T20 World Cup team. I'm sure the BCCI would have been aware of it. So, but but he played, he played right till the final. He didn't miss a single game. So, um, you know, yeah, as you said, the BCCI should step in and say, okay, country first and of yeah, course. club will come. And the BCCI aren't doing it because somehow maybe they think the IPL is... The IPL and, you know, it gets them revenues yeah, but, or whatever. But I mean, if the star players aren't there, they won't get revenues. Exactly. But yeah, it's, you know, after a point, you have to see what that India first above 
And this is not questioning yeah. the players, it's questioning it's the not, BCCI. No, yeah. It is the BCCI and, and yeah. they could, look, they they control the IPL, it's their product. Yeah. They they can they can and, and you know, the players are on central contracts, so they can tell them, you know, exactly yeah. what to do. And and that Roy Sharma incident ahead of the Australia series, I mean, look, India went on and won that series and it was a miracle. But mm. Rohit being injured after the IPL, I mean, that effectively with with Virat going home after the first test as well, by the way, and they're just you know the, the thirty six all out and whatever else happened. So even with Virat, you know that happened, and then to have then your star batter going home, your captain, and then potentially your uh, all right, he wasn't vice captain then; it was Rahane. But you know you have another senior player and another senior batter coming into the side to replace him or or even be there from the very start of the series that i mean it, it could have been the difference between yeah. winning and losing a series down under in australia the fact that he played on through his injury for the mumbai and indians and even world championship points were at stake then you know, yeah. india wouldn't have qualified if they uh, didn't win the series so it was just a miracle but yeah yeah, yeah. so I I don't understand it, and and if that was that Rohit Sharma situation, like you mentioned, absolute great example. If that was Aus- cricket Australia, or if that was the ECB, there's no chance Rohit yeah. would have played any more part in the IPL. They would have tried to get him fit ahead of the next international series and and a, a massive series at that as well. Always a marquee series when India tour down under in Australia. So look. It's 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 frustrating, but look, it's it's no slur on the players at all. They just get paid to play, and they get told when to play, and they go and do their job, and they do it very well. And somebody like Jasper Brummer has got a fantastic attitude to to everything, uh, to his cricket, to his fitness, to life. Really, he's he's just a nice bloke. Um, so it's nothing against him, but the BCCI should look at particularly managing him. He's got a weird action. Look, we talked about the backbreaking sort of nature of his action. It's an awkward action. It, there's a lot of strain goes into his body every time he bowls a delivery. And yeah, you could, you know, come back and say, oh, he only bowls four overs in each IPL game and stuff. In the IPL season, they play, they travel, they train, they play, they travel, they train. You're keeping unsocial hours. You're staying up till three in the morning by the time you get back to the hotel, eat, go to sleep. It's it's a difficult, you know, it's more difficult than just turning up and bowling four overs and then just sitting yeah. back in an ice bath. You know, you've got to field, you've got to, you, you know, you've got to be on it for, for two months every single year. And that's what he's been doing for the last three years. Two months every single year. He's there every single time for the Mumbai Indians, putting in his all. But it's about time the BCCI looked at him and, and one or two of the other fast bowlers and said, look, we won't make them available for maybe the you know, yeah. the whole thing, maybe 75% of the matches you can have him or 50% of the matches you can have him depending on injury situations. And that's your lot. Maybe they could choose the 50% that they have him. And if they want to play more than uh, seven matches in the group stage, they have to seek permission from the BCCI, you know, if they've got a special injury situation or whatever it is. So there are ways around it. I don't think it'll happen though, um, no. but, but we can... We can but hope. Um, just a very quick question. I know we're going a little bit long uh, today, but there's lots to get through. Just a very quick question. Do India need to prepare for life without Jasprit Bumrah? 
based on this injury, and we don't know the extent of it and the long-term implications of it, and just the fact that, you know, he's, you know, not old, but he's getting on a little bit. He's bowled a lot of overs. He's old in mm. terms of experience and bowling a lot of overs, both domestically and now in the last few years internationally as well. With that awkward action, injuries are going to come. And we've seen it over the last three years, the well, last four years, actually. He's he's had like three big back injuries that have kept him out for for significant periods of time. Do India need to prepare for life without him? And how do yeah, they do definitely. that? Yeah, I I think he's just going to be available for the World Cups. And he's good enough to, you know, just show up at the World Cup and just be the star in that. I don't see him playing a lot of bilaterals, be it ODIs or mm, home test matches anyway he doesn't play. So, yeah, they're just going to, you know, keep him for overseas test matches. That also against the stronger teams like Australia and, you know, all these SENA countries. And, yeah, I think just it'll just go be the World Cups. I think 2023 World Cup, I hope he will be there, but he won't play a lot of ODIs before that. Like, that's what I see happening in the future. Yeah, well, uh, look, we wish him a speedy recovery, of course, and... Uh... You know, he's tweeted his frustration at, at being left out of the World Cup. No player wants to miss those big occasions, um, but we wish him well with his recovery and, and we hope to see him back in India colours very soon. Well, thank you very much for listening. That's all we got time for this week. Uh, gone on a little bit longer than we expected to, but lots to get through, as I said. Uh, we'll be back very soon to talk more Indian cricket. Thank you for following us. Remember to rate us on your podcast app or on YouTube. Just leave a leave a comment. Tell us what you think of the show. Uh, remember, you can find us on your podcast app, on YouTube or via the 99.94 app. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually. And you can follow us personally on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nikesh Raghani and Sarah is at SWaris16. We'll put links up for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond. And you can also follow our network at 99.94DM on social media. Remember, if you love cricket, then we are the home of Cricket Audio. Follow us for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation 99.94. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. 
Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 